Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I know it's not always the easiest day for everyone, but that's okay because you have a Father in heaven who loves you. We're going to talk about the Father's heart this morning. Is that okay? Actually, before we do that, Dad joke number one. My wife asked me to put ketchup on the shopping list. Now I can't read anything. Dad joke number two. I had to fire the guy I hired to mow the lawn. He just didn't cut it. (laughs) This is a good one. This will make you think. 6.30 is the best time on any clock. Hands down. No. <laughs> Boom, just finally got it. The waitress, the waitress asked the dad, how did you find your steak, sir? Well, I just looked at it next to the potatoes and there it was. <laughs> I always get nostalgia putting my car in reverse. It really takes me back. I'm a dad of three. I'm, I'm loving every minute of this. Why are fish so easy to weigh? Because they come with their own scales. My father-in-law is going to love this one. Do you know anyone who wants these old dead batteries? They're free of charge. And I'll finish with this article that I found about a great the great dad and the great Costco run. Shortly after, she asked her husband to stop by Costco to pick up paper towels. Margaret Benson of suburban Chicago began to panic. This was a mistake. He'd gone way too long, she muttered to herself before texting her husband, John. I knew I should have gone myself, she said. But moments later, John sent back a picture of three giant jugs of ranch dressing along with the caption, great deal. Margaret tried to call him back, but it went to voicemail. She started to panic. Upon further inspection of the photo she sent, Margaret noticed that the corner of what looked like a six-pack of motor oil. She said, I really have nobody to blame but myself, but maybe if I call the credit card company, I can put a hold on our account before he makes it to checkout. Oh, there's nothing like dads. I can relate to that one. The amount of times I've been in the aisle of somewhere, sent there by my wife, texting pictures to make sure it's the right thing. So happy Father's Day. All right, let's get serious. Let's read the Bible together. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. I want to read a story that Jesus tells about a father. It says this in verse 11. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, Don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons the inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. 
He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. Verse 14, with everything spent, nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar and had great compassion and swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be your son. Just let me be. But the father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I'll place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. Bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For my beloved son was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he's found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy now the oldest son, who was out working in the field when his brother returned, and as he approached the house, he heard mu the, the music of celebration and dancing. He called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He returned, he's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The oldest son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, Father, listen, how many years I have worked like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son. I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you, you ever given me a, a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends as this son of yours is doing now. Look at him, he said. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living, and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. Now, let's zero in on the father's response right here. Verse 31, the father said, my son, you are always by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was dead and gone, but now he's alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he's found. I want to preach a message today on Father's Day called God the Father. Come on, write the title down, God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today, God. Father, we thank you that you are a father and that you're perfect in every way, that you come and you care and bless and nurture and lead us and help us and show us and do all that you do as a father, a perfect father, Lord, who is in heaven. God, we thank you today. For all the dads, God, I thank you for all the dads that have been. We honor them today. Father, we thank you for the dads that are. And Lord, we thank you for the dads that are to come. 
God, we just thank you that your, your heart is towards the fathers, Lord. In fact, it says in your word in Malachi, the very last verse of the Old Testament, Father, your Old Testament word says that you would turn the hearts of fathers to their children. So God, we thank you for that truth today. We believe, Lord, that you're gonna invest in the dads today. Help us to celebrate them in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. So the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him. I love that part. From a long distance away, his dad saw him. Dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up from his heart for his son who was returning home. And the father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him. Father's Day 2021, I wanna talk about God the Father. God, the loving Father. Jesus tells this story not just so we have a nice story, a nice narrative, a nice picture. He's telling a story about what God is like. Just think about that for a moment. This whole passage of Scripture, of which is a lot, I, rec- I recognize that was a lot of Scripture to read on a Sunday morning, but I just wanna, I wanna take the whole thing because I want us to understand what Jesus is helping them to understand and us to understand today is God is a loving Father. The title of the the, the the, the passage of Scripture is called the prodigal son. That's what we know it as, the reckless son. I've got a better name. How about the loving father? How about the awesome father? How about the most amazing father ever? Our God. God the Father. God is known in Scripture. He's talked about as a father. That's what Jesus is referring to. He's referring to the Father. Matthew 23 and verse 9. Jesus said, and call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. He's not saying do away with earthly dads. He's saying don't call the father, don't call anyone on earth what the father should be called because you have a father who is in heaven, a heavenly father, God the father. You know, the devil wants to destroy the father in society. And he's trying to do it right now. Just takes one look around in culture. In society, in most of all families, why is he doing that? Why does he attack fathers? Why, does he, why is he going so much after fathers in our society today? This is why. It's because it's in the image of God. It's in the image. Fathers represent the image of the father. This is why we need good dads. We need dads who follow Jesus passionately and decisively who read their Bibles every single day, who decide to be planted in the house of the Lord. I've read these stats before, but when I read them for the very first time, it absolutely gobsmacked me. When I read these statistics, and I've read them to to Grill and Chill, I've said them to Wild Man, to our our men many, many times, but there was a study done about the impact of um, different family members inside a family going to church. And for example, If a child decides they want to go to church, maybe starts going to youth and then wants to go along to Sunday, which is awesome, Uh, maybe gets saved and starts going to church, there is basically about a 10% chance, roughly, that the rest of the family will then come to church. If mum decides that she wants to start going to church, mum starts going to church, it then goes up to about 50% chance, a 50% chance that the rest of the family will start going to church will end up in church, will be part of church. You know what happens if a dad decides that this is for him? 
you know what happens when a dad decides that Jesus is for him? Do you know what happens when a dad decides that he wants to be planted in the house of the Lord, that this is about what, what he's gonna pursue Jesus, that he's decided he's gonna go after the things of God? It is almost a 100% chance that the rest of the family will find themselves in church and will begin to passionately follow Jesus for themselves. It's almost a 100% chance when dads are on fire for God. We need good dads. I'll say it this way, we need God dads. We need God dads. We need good fathers because God is a a God who is a father and fathers make a difference in Jesus' name. I wanna establish a few things about God as the father in our lives. Just want you to write this down, okay? This is just a thought, something to meditate on this Father's Day. God, the father, knows what he's doing. Just wanna let that rest for a moment. God the Father, He knows what He's doing. Sometimes this is hard to accept. And I'll be honest, I, I'm preaching myself. It's hard to accept sometimes that He knows more than we do. And it's actually revelation truth today that He does know more than I do. And then He knows what's best for me. God the Father knows what He's doing. He knows what's best for me. And He knows, listen to me, when it's best to give it to me, if at all. This is the truth about God the Father. Proverbs 13 and verse 24 says, whoever spares the rod, listen to this, hates his son. Have you ever noticed that? In the Scripture, it says hate. It says whoever spares the rod, whoever doesn't, Discipline his child. It says he hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Like a father to a child is the father we have in heaven. It's how he's described all the way in the Old Testament to the Old Testament people in Israel. Look at Deuteronomy 1. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 29. Look what it says. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord Your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness. Look at this. Just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. The truth today is God the Father knows you and he has a perfect will for you. But it only takes a child fully submitted to the Father's will that we see the perfect will come about in that child's life. I wonder how submitted you are to your Father's will. I'm not talking about your earthly father. That would have worked out well for you, by the way, and will work out well for you if you're a child in here. But I wonder how fully submitted you are to your Father's will. And in a sense, that's why Jesus is telling us this story Because God knows. God the Father, He knows. Listen to you, listen to me. What's best for you? And this is the best part today. He knows exactly the right time to give it to you. Sometimes in life, especially in our culture where we just, have you noticed it's just like, get whatever you want whenever you want culture right now. That's what we live in. There is no such thing as delayed gratification anymore in our culture. You can can get anything you want basically if you want it now. But the best thing we should do is we should say, God, what do you think? Because you know what's best for me. You have a perfect will for my life. We need to pray prayers like, God, 
my Father in heaven, I want this. What do you think? Would you bring it into my life at the right time, if at all? Imagine if we were people that lived that way when it came to our Father in heaven. Because we've got to get revelation truth today. God is a Father in heaven, but He knows what He's doing. And that's what fathers can do, I believe, in our lives. So this Father's Day is what I want to do. I just wanted to give us seven things I believe fathers know how to do from this text. That we see in this story that Jesus tells seven things. Did I say five or seven? I said seven, yeah. Very holy. Seven things that fathers know how to do this Father's Day. Online, stay with us. We love you. You're awesome. Hope you're tuning in. I was just in a store yesterday and someone said to me, I don't know why I'm telling this story, but hey, who cares? It's Father's Day. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> but I was getting something from a store yesterday, and I don't know if this lady's watching or not, but she organizes all the stuff I'm getting and, you know, wraps it all up, gives it to me. And just as she gives it, she says, hey, see you tomorrow. And I was like, at church, she's like, no, I'll be there online. I'm tuning in every week and I was like, awesome, that's great. So good. All right, seven things that fathers know how to do. Number one, fathers know how to lift up. There's nothing quite like being picked up by your father as a child. Do you remember it? Do you remember getting picked up? What happens when a dad comes home? Kids want dad to pick them up, to lift them up. What happens when dad gets in a pool? No joke, when I get in a pool with my kids, I haven't even come up to the surface yet. And I know Maisie is already looking for me. Why? Because she wants me to pick her up. Kids want us to pick them up. Fathers have a way of elevating those around them, especially sons and daughters. They know how to build them up, to grow them up, to lift them up. You ever notice the joy on the face of a child when they're being lifted up by the strength of their father? Verse 11, then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? By the way, the interesting thing about this is basically what the son was saying to his, to his dad was this, I wish you were dead. Because to inherit, to, to, to gather, to get that next thing meant that the father had to die. But look at what he does. He, he says, okay. He says, let's, let's do it. Let's make. But the truth is about this story is Jesus, Jesus is telling a story for a reason. These were two that were elevated sons already. They already had a place. They already had a position. They were already part of the family. They were already lifted up. Because fathers know how to lift up. Don't miss this, but this is for you as well. I don't know, sometimes you think, oh, am I that son or am I that son? This is the point, you're part of the family. You don't sit there and be like, am I the reckless son? Am I the son that stayed or whatever? Just, just think this way, I'm part of the family. I'm, part, I'm a son of this house. I'm a son of my father in heaven. He loves me so much. He's made me, I've got a seat at this table. Fathers know how to lift you up. And our Father in heaven knows how to elevate us. You're part of the family, listen to me, of the Most High God. Ephesians 2 and verse 19. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the Holy Ones, 
with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Our heavenly Father has elevated us. In Christ Jesus, we are elevated to the position of being part of the family of God. I pray that we would hear that today. I would pray that we would understand we have a Father in heaven that knows what He's doing, that has decided through Jesus, you know what, these children, they're gonna be part of my family. You're part of the family of God. And you might be in here today, you might be online today, you might be like, I don't have much of a family. Can I just encourage you, you have a family. It's called the family of God. So fathers know how to lift up. Number two, fathers know how to bless. There is nothing like getting a gift from your dad, being blessed by your dad. In Genesis, I was reading this week about the way that, you know, blessing was handed out from fathers and it was such a beautiful thing. It was such an ordained thing to be blessed by a father was a powerful thing. Dads know how to make stuff happen for their kids. But that's the way they care for for kids. This is the way dads care. 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul said this, Father in the faith, he said this, you yourselves are our witnesses and so is God that, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we are treat, that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, urged you to live lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom glory. You know, dads are a source of blessing. Dads are a source of blessing, but it's what we're actually made to do. It's what dads are actually created to do is to bless our kids. I think it's hilarious right now, my kids who are small, everywhere we go in my truck, it's like if, we, if we're going anywhere, the question is always this, are you gonna buy something? <laughs> Your dads know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, my son, Jack, who's the older of my two boys, you know, he's, he's a thinker, right? Like he, he, he thinks through things before he does or says anything, which is scary. It's a scary position that I find myself in as being a parent. We get in the truck and he starts thinking and he's just like, he's like, hey, dad, where are we going? What are we doing? And I'll be like, oh, you know, he's running to Home Depot. I need to grab a couple of things. He's like, oh, Home Depot. Um, yeah, can, can we get that thing when we go there? Can I get one of those things? It's like he's already worked out exactly what to ask me for because he knows I'm a source of blessing. <laughs> I'm a source of blessing, but that's the point. Dads are a source of blessing. Number three, dads know how to instruct. Dads know how to instruct. There's nothing quite like being shown how to do something by your dad. But often it takes being quiet and listen, listening, which is hard to do. Each one of those, I just pray you'd also get the parallel between earthly and heavenly father. But often it takes being quiet and listening, which is hard to do. Do you know that God the Father is always wanting, as a father does, to show you how to do something that he already has done and does well? You know, dads don't need to be perfect. They just need to be present. You know, if you're in here today and you're feeling maybe you're a little bit light on when it comes to being a dad, maybe you feel a little bit inadequate when it comes to being a dad, can I just encourage you? You don't have to be perfect. You just need to be present. You just need to be there. Dads don't need to be perfect, but they just need to be present. You know, our God is an ever-present help in time of need. 
The other thing about dads and instruction, you know, dads like to be needed. My father-in-law used to think that I was just bothering him when I asked him if, you know, to help me. But what I started to realize is that he actually likes to do it, that he actually wants to help me out. Maybe now he's just like, can you call me a little less? <laughs> but dads like to be needed. You know, it's exactly the same with your heavenly father. He likes that you need him. He likes that you want his help. He likes that you're asking. Something else you might want to write down, my father in heaven loves it when I ask for help. He loves it when I ask for help. It gives him so much joy when I ask him for help. It gives him the kind of joy that sparks something in him that causes him to set into motion a miracle that helps him. It means that something changes when I pray and when I ask God, I need your help. Because here's the truth about a father in heaven. He never leaves his kids wanting. In the Bible, he says this to his kids through his prophet, his own mouthpiece. He says it to us today. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you ask your heavenly father for help, he will always help you. Dads don't need to know everything. They just need to know him and pass on what he's showing them. I want to encourage dads in the room, talk to your kids about what you believe God is showing you. Do you know that's powerful? That when you tell your children, hey, this is what I feel like God's teaching me. Think about that for a moment. Have you ever said to your kids, this is what I feel like God's showing me. This is what I feel like God's building into me. This is what I feel like God is impressing upon me. It's powerful because fathers love to instruct. It's my greatest desire for my kids that they will know and pursue Jesus for themselves and pursue God the Father all of their lives. I've always been blown away at how much God will instruct his kids if they want it. The amount of instruction that's found in the Word of God is incredible. It's incredible. You could spend the rest of your life reading the Bible and there will still be instruction for you at the end. You could spend the rest of your days diving deep into theology, understanding more and more about God, and you'll get to the end of your life and you'll still have more to go because there is so much instruction from the Father in heaven to us. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 says, All Scripture, all is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. I love that. Because it can be so easy for us to find ourselves in a prideful position, maybe reach a certain echelon in life, maybe reach a certain place in life and we're just like, hey man, it's cool. I'm just gonna stand at the grill. I've got it all together. But the truth is this, is God has got things to show you. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might be in here today and you're a granddad. Can I just encourage you? God still wants to show you things to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us even when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, teaches us what is right. So fathers know how to instruct. Number four, fathers know how to correct. There's nothing quite like a good old-fashioned spanking from dad. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You just wait till your father gets home from work. Words my brother and I did not want to hear as kids. You just wait till 
your father gets home from work. We knew what that meant. I knew exactly what that meant. It meant that I've got about two hours to grovel. I've got about two hours to crawl to my mom. I've got two hours to do dishes, to do laundry. I've got about two hours to be the best homework doer ever. Fathers know how to correct. Dads know how to correct. In fact, it's what they're made to do. Proverbs 3 and verse 11, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset, look at this, when he corrects you. You know, God, he, he, it's, it's, it's his way of showing love. As a dad, when it comes to our children, it's the way we show love. It's the way we help. I just wanna say something on Father's Day because I feel like it needs to be said in this generation. Dads should take the lead on correction. Dads should take the lead. If you have children in here, dads, will you please correct them? Lovingly, graciously, but firmly, will you please take up the mantle of being the lead authority in the home to discipline your kids? Don't abdicate or leave that responsibility. I don't leave that responsibility to my wife. Even if we're in the home and my wife is getting, the mother of our children is getting onto our kids and she's correcting our kids, I make a mental note of that because that's my responsibility. And I will come back to it and I will address it. We have to take the lead on correction because it's what we're made to do. It's not her job. It's my job. And yes, we share those roles, but we've got to take the lead. Dads, you have to teach your kids by correcting them. And what I've learned is that it's the father's heart to keep their kids on the path of life. So how do we do that? It's by correcting them. It's by sitting them down, looking them in the eye and saying, hey, this is the path of life. This is what it looks like. And what I've found is that's an opportunity to teach grace. That's an opportunity to show my kids, hey, yes, there's something's happened here. Yes, you've messed up, but you know what? I love you so much and there is grace for you. Daddy's gonna extend grace to you right now because I love you. This is correction from a father. Dads know how to correct. And they're really, really good at it when we do it. How do we do that? It's by correcting, it's by showing, it's by strengthening the next generation for the path of life. You know, I think when it comes to correction, the reason that kids grow up and have such a hard time obeying God is because they weren't taught to obey as kids. I think one of the reasons that kids grow up as adults and they find it so hard to obey the voice of the Lord is because they weren't taught to obey the voice of their parents. Fathers know how to correct. The Bible in Proverbs says it's a life or death issue when it comes to correction. Let's be people that understand it's God, the Father's heart to correct us so that we will go down the path of life, so that we will experience grace, so that we will experience everything He has, so we will be in His will forever. It's powerful. Fathers know how to correct. Number five, fathers know how to forgive. Man, there's nothing like getting let off by dad. Does anyone remember getting let off by dad? It's just like, man, I got away with that one. That was lucky. I remember one time, I think I was about 14 years of age. My dad just got this brand new car. And about three days later, I jumped in it and I smashed it. He went into the store and I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it was a good idea. I just jumped in the driver's seat and turned on the truck. What I didn't realize was a stick shift and it was still in first gear. I bunny hopped straight into the car in front. 
while my dad was in the store. And I, looked, I look in the window and I see my dad looking out. It's the worst moment of my life. But I'm grateful today that fathers know how to forgive. There's nothing like being forgiven by dad. And often looking back at what was a big deal at the time to me, wasn't a big deal to him. You know, God the Father has forgiven you of everything you've ever done wrong. There is no lack when it comes to God's forgiveness. There's no lack. You might've had a father who had, a trouble, who had trouble issuing forgiveness. But can I just encourage you today? God's not like that. He doesn't hold grudges. I feel like someone needs to hear that today. God does not have a grudge toward you. And some of, so there have been people in here today and you've been living like God has a grudge towards you. He doesn't have a grudge towards you. Why? Because he's constantly ready to forgive his kids. He's constantly ready to issue forgiveness to you. Take this to heart this morning, God doesn't hold grudges, but I believe as dads, we get to shine the light of the Father's forgiveness through our own forgiving. Dads, can I just ask you, when's the last time you told your kids, I forgive you? Because to us as dads, sometimes it feels like it's not a big deal to say those words. Uh, why, do, why do I have to say this to my kids? I mean, I, of course I forgive them, but they need to hear you say it. This is why they need to hear you say it, because it releases them in their heart. They receive a release and that is what forgiveness is. Fathers know how to forgive. Fathers know how to unlock forgiveness through those powerful words, I forgive you. You know, when my kids do something wrong and we have the moment and then the moment, you know, we have the first moment and then you gotta have the second moment. And we have the second moment. In the second moment, I sit them down in their little eyes. I make them look me in the eye and I say to them, I forgive you. I love you. You're awesome. You're not a bad kid. You're an awesome kid. And I forgive you. You're amazing. Fathers know how to unlock release through forgiveness in children. But it takes a man of God to say it. You know, the world's version of a real man is a tough exterior, harsh to the core, get on with it, be tough. But God's version of a real man is that like the father soft and tender-hearted towards his kids, ready and willing to forgive all and everything that stands in the way of love between a father and his kids. You notice in the story that Jesus tells, two things stick out to me. The first is that the father was looking. Like he was looking. If he was a father who was harsh and a get off, you know, get on with life and get back to what you're doing, he wouldn't have been looking. But he was looking. The second thing about the story, which is amazing to me, it says he raced out to meet him. And I've said this in different messages before, but it wasn't like a gentle jog. It wasn't like, you know, I'm just warming up the calves type of job. This was like an ugly run. You know those ugly runs where it's just like you watch an ugly run, and you're like, man, this guy's gonna fall at any moment. Like this guy's gonna go face down at any moment. It was one of those runs. It was just like a sprint that's the picture that Jesus describes. And what's powerful about that is that no Jewish father, the head of a household would ever be seen running. 
And Jesus tells that story because he's trying to get a point across to you. He's trying to get a point across to me that God loves us so much. He's always looking for us and he will always meet us right where we're at. Fathers know how to forgive. Number six, fathers know how to extend grace. Verse 12. When he says, give me my inheritance. He's basically saying, I wish your life was over and I wish I was living in your shoes. But isn't it interesting that the father, he doesn't argue. He doesn't wrestle with him. Doesn't fight him to the bitter end. Doesn't like even have an argument. Doesn't even push back. He says, okay, you've basically just insulted me, but I'm gonna extend grace to you. The fathers know how to extend grace to people in their world. He said, it's all right. I'm gonna give you what you want. Fathers just know how to extend grace. And then I think about the other son. Man, the other son, he just gets me. He's just like mad, you know? He's just like, I do not wanna go into that party. I mean, who doesn't wanna go to a party where there's good food? But he was mad. But I love the way that the father addresses the other son as well. It's with a gracious hand. Verse 28, the older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. Don't miss these words here. So his father came out. It's an extension of grace. He didn't shut him out, he came out. He didn't push him out. Listen to me, friend. He came out. He came out and it says he pleaded with him. What he was doing again to the older son, was doing the same thing he did to the younger son when he asked for his inheritance. He gave him grace. Fathers know how to extend grace. He said, come and enjoy the feast with us. Come on. And the older son wrestles, but he says, it's all right. And it's almost like you get this sense that he's saying to him, I get it, I understand, but it's all right. There's a bigger thing happening here. There's a greater narrative here. Your, your brother is home. I thought he was gone. I thought he was dead. I thought it was all over for him, but he's come home. This is reason to celebrate. Don't worry about the things that are going on. He says, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours, but this is the time we celebrate because he is home. Fathers know how to extend grace even when we don't understand. And can I just encourage you, if you're in here today and you're raising sons, you've got to give them grace. You've got to give them grace to mess up. You've got to give them grace to get it wrong. You've got to give them grace to come back around and say, hey, I messed up. They might do that. They probably will do that. Fathers know how to extend grace. And number seven, the team comes and join me. I want to finish with this. Fathers know how to love. Fathers know how to love. There's something inbuilt in a father that knows how to love his kids. There's something on the inside of us as dads that just know how to love our kids. It's on the inside of us. It's on the inside of you. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, I'd like to be a dad one day, but I'm not sure if I'd be able to love my kids the way I'm supposed to. Can I just encourage you? It's on the inside of you. It's part of who you are. It's part of your makeup. It's part of the fact that that God has designed you that way to be a loving father. The Bible says a, a father disciplines the child he loves, what is that? It's a sign of affection. It's a sign of love, according to the Scriptures. 
Verse 20, so the son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son was returning home. Look at the treatment, look at the love. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. In other words, he was saying, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve to be loved by you. But look at what the the father says. The father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. You're home. And he goes on and he lavishes love on him. He gives him his own robe, gives him the best ring, shows up with the best feast, calls the whole household and says, hey, we're gonna have the biggest party we've ever had. We're gonna have the biggest celebration we've ever had. We're gonna go all out. We're gonna throw everything we have at this party. Why? Because my son has come home. This is what God has done. When you decided to say yes to Jesus, you came home. He threw the biggest party. He put it all on the line. He decided this is the biggest moment ever because you came home. Your father, he knows how to love. Your heavenly Father, He knows how to love you. When you said yes to Jesus, that was the moment. The Bible says all of heaven had a big old party. This is why Jesus is telling this story because it's not about some distant land with some people you don't know. It's about you. It's about me. And it's about a God who loves us so much. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me? Father, we just thank You right now that so much comes through knowing You, so much comes through committing our lives to Your Son, Jesus. But this is what we know today on Father's Day is that You're perfect, You're in heaven, You're perfect, and You know exactly what's right for us. So God, I just pray right now for fathers in this room. Father, I just thank You for fathers that don't have kids in the home anymore. But God, I just thank You that You extend grace. Father, I pray that that there wouldn't be any regret today, that You would replace all regret with Your grace, that You would replace all of that regret with restoration. So God, I just thank You for dads in this house. Lord, I thank You for dads that are raising children right now. Father, I just thank You again for grace that only comes from You, that You supply all the grace that's needed. God, I thank You right now that You're gonna help us as dads to be dads that issue forgiveness like You, to shine a light of forgiveness to our kids. And God, I wanna pray right now for dads that are still yet to be. Father, I just thank You that You're raising dads, that the moment a child is born, a dad is born. And so Father, I just thank You that there are dads to be in the house. God, I just pray that You're your mercy will just flow through them, God, that you would begin to prepare them even now to step into that beautiful, wonderful role. God, I pray for all dads that you'd give them strength, that you'd give them courage, help us to be what you've called us to be, help us to be leaders in our homes, help us to be people that take the lead on certain things. God, we just need you to help us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the dads in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you. 
and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.